Well, yabba dabba doo. Welcome to the Story yabba Studio Podcast. <laughs> so I, I I think we'll probably end up explaining that joke, although it's a lot funnier if we um, lead into it and then we forget to explain it. And people that, wonder what the is. fuck we're talking about. Um, it could just be a continual tease forever and ever. It is one of my favorite things ever now. It's, it's a MacGuffin. Yeah, I, I knew that that was going to be like as soon as I saw it, as soon as Dan <laughs> mentioned it, I was like, OK, that's it. It's a thing now. It's a thing. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about that. And um, I'm curious whether anything happened interesting for you guys in the past, like five minutes. Uh, no, I just I just checked. So the interesting thing will be here. We'll be talking about it without talking about it because. Um, I'm fine talking about it, but it's not in super, super detail yet. Well, I just got all, all inception-y all of a sudden. Right, right. All right, so let, 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 let's set the stage here. So what we're talking about is... Um, uh, I couldn't yeah. find that title that you, that you lost, that you had. Well, right, that was a, that was a really good framing device. So, so this is not the sexy version of this, but it's basically like using writing as therapy. Um, well, it's story solution I, I, stuff, right? It's it's um, understanding yourself as if you were the protagonist in your own story, and like I think that that it is story solution. Yeah, and and really, um, really getting clear on who you are because you could just do a better job creating. And so um, there's a little bit of setup here. So um, I got a I got a, a, a basically I got something happened with my family. And I kind of had to stop everything <laughs> that I was doing to address it. And it's not like I had to. It's not like, you yeah, know. And I didn't but, realize until this train was passed that that what a present thing that was, like how it kind of took over all of a sudden. I thought it was just like one more thing. Oh, more shenanigans. No, it was like, OK, I really, really need to stop. I need to address this before um, I can do anything else, because I realized that as a creator, I need to be as present for the things I'm creating as possible. And there was this other buzz in the back of my head. What was and this the was thing? Just, sorry, I, I hate to keep interrupting, but was this the thing? Th- there was a thing a little while ago where you were like, you kind of asked me per- for permission to write a personal thing, and it orbited the same. Was this the actual thing? Like, to- yes, yes, it was this, but it happened because there there were two things that happened right at once. So on Friday, um, uh, my dad called and he gave me some news. Okay. And when he was he like, was guess what with- Trump is up to right now? <laughs> and Sean was like, I'm going to talk about that in a paper. You're not my son. <laughs> he, he gave me some he gave me some news. And then I um, it, when we were about to hang up, he told me, don't tell your sister, which I've known this thing because my sister told me 10 months ago because someone else in the family told her <laughs> because that's how dysfunctional my family is. So it was like, whatever. And I texted I texted my sister and we were like kind of laughing about it in the way that you do. But all of a sudden the next day it got a lot less funny. And the next day, two things happened. The first was I came back from the gym and there was a customer service issue. And, and Johnny, you actually don't know about this. I, I didn't want to, I didn't really want to talk about it actually, but, um, but it was something where basically I got my feelings really hurt. Um, it was a situation where I had gone out of my way to help somebody in a very specific, significant way um, more than once and was invested in their success. And something that I did to help them was completely taken the wrong way. And it just really, the way it was handled really bothered me. Well, I'm really and, curious what this, what this is, if it was, if it was recent and I don't know about it. 
Yeah, it was, it was two weeks ago. It was, it was two weeks ago. Um, it was on a Saturday. I got back from the gym and there was a, there was a slack and it was just like, well, that's really not cool. And I dealt with it and, um, but it, 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 it bothered me. And so, um, uh, so anyway, I so was Sean so is in an emotional whirlpool at this point is the bottom line. Yeah, I'm already, I'm agitated. I'm agitated by this thing that I really, like, it just caught me off guard. It was, it was, it was a statement from the last person I would have just expected it from. It just, it caught me by surprise. And I didn't, I didn't, the best way for me to deal with it was just to um, not confront it at all, which is so not my nature. (laughs) Like, I, I, I do confront things and, um, and that's, and like the fact that I wasn't confronting this thing with my father at the same time that I wasn't confronting this other thing. And essentially my core value is truth. And so, um, it, it, I was getting hit on both sides. There was one thing where my truth was being questioned and that was really rubbing against me in the wrong way. And at the same time, um, I was not able to address this other truth in my family. And I realized too, how much it was hurting my sister, this thing that was happening. And so I'm just like, I got to get this out of my head. And once a month, I write something that is for, um, once a month, I write something that is for me and, um, or really the ideal audience is Cindy and Ethan and Haley, something that someday they'll read these, um, whether that's next week or a year from now or, or whatever, but it's always worth um, taking the time to um, to articulate myself once a month. I usually do it in between other projects, and so uh, I was ready to do it with with uh, with this one. And I figured it would be like I don't know three or four thousand words, like it usually is, <laughs> and when I'm doing some like nonfiction personal piece. But it ended up being twenty five thousand words. And <laughs> Dave's chuckling. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was long. And I remember you, you asked me to read it. I'm like, okay, oh, this can't take too long. And I'm like opening it up. I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I wanted, I wanted to read it, but it was I, very captivating. Well, I wanted Dave to read it before this conversation. Cause I knew that we would be talking about it today and I wanted him to have some frame of reference. Um, and I, you know, I'd been talking to Johnny about it. So Johnny kind of had the frame of reference, but, uh, I just had to deal with it. And like, the thing is for too long, I had been keeping, um, I'd been keeping a really toxic secret and it was just wasn't okay. Cause it was coloring every a- interaction. Like I'm not, I realize now that I'm not really wired to keep secrets. Like I'm just not like, I mean, I can keep a secret. If someone tells me something in confidence, like I'm really good at that. Actually, I I know how to coax the right answer and keep what I need to keep to myself. It's not like I'm not good with secrets. That's not what I mean. But when a secret is really toxic and it's, it's a, it's a poison thing that's like destroying relationships, then I'm not okay with it at all. And there's just shenanigans with my parents that I've been kind of forced to hold on to. And, um, and I just wasn't willing to anymore because the news that my dad gave me was basically opening the door to a pattern shift. And he could he had now has the power to become a different slash better person. And so when I had to go to dinner on Friday night, 
I said, okay, well, I'll call you tomorrow. We'll talk about this. And in the meantime, I had a bunch of exchanges with Megan. I had the thing that happened with the, the customer service thing. And so um, when uh, I, I got back with Megan, who that's my sister, um, later in the day, um, I just realized that like, oh my God, like he's, th- it's the same pattern. Like we're all going to be cast into the same darkness again, unless we, we break it. And I felt an immediate responsibility to kind of stick up for my sister a little bit and, um, and just like be the man that I, I wasn't 10 years ago because I haven't lived in Long Beach for, you know, almost 10 years now. And, um, that's one of the reasons I left, but it was just, it was a little bit, it was a little bit toxic. And so now I'm going back there this summer and I want to go back whole, like I'm a healthy, happy person. And my family, are, like we're really, really connected. Me, Cindy, Ethan, Haley. And there's only been one thing in their life that I've not really been straight with them about. And it's why the relationship with my parents isn't, you know, like what it should be. And so I just t- took the time to, um, to, to write all of this. And I uh, immediately just feel so much better and so much clearer. And it was really fun. Uh, yesterday, Dave was reading it, and I got live slacks while he while he read it. I think the first one that I um, that I got that I'm thinking about using for uh, book cover copy, like book jacket <laughs> copy, when this comes out, which is your dad is a cunt and your wife is a saint, <laughs> which <laughs> is well, yeah, that's pretty great. Now I hope I don't meet your dad someday. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you probably will. Um, awesome. But, but the good news <laughs> is probably just yeah, but that's exactly right. Um, so I I, I want to step back for a moment and not just like ramble and and blather, but um both of you, I think Johnny's read half of it. I think Dave's read all of it. And Johnny got to the wedding scene. John, right. I very much Literally. wanted to read the whole thing, but it's fucking long. It's long. It's yeah. long. Robin started to read it too because she just thought she'd just kind of just just dash off. She's like, "Holy shit!" Like it's 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 a Surprise couple hours your dad of reading that quick. Did he skim? <laughs> right. Well, no maybe, they, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why it happened so fast. <laughs> yeah. So um, so and, and Johnny's also seen the. Uh, I got the live show though. I got I got a lot yeah, of debrief in person. He got the live show, and also he got um, he's seen all of the Slack um, comments. Because I think that's another part of this story is that it wasn't enough to write it. It changed a few times as I was writing it. It became something different. At one point, it was an apology to Cindy because I wasn't the man that she needed me to be 10 years ago. We've, we've fought about one thing in our entire marriage. Like we have, you know, like I don't mind saying, I think we have a 1% marriage. I don't think that most people can equal what we have. And I think that that's because you should we call that a 99% marriage because that roof sounds really <laughs> shitty to say you have a 1% marriage. <laughs> hey baby, 1% of my time with my wife. <laughs> I, I think that we have a golden marriage. I'm really proud of what we have achieved as a couple. I think that, you know, we've raised really amazing children and we're best friends, but I think it all comes from communication. And my dad is a super terrible communicator. Um, one of the worst I've ever met. And, but he thinks he's a really good communicator. So that makes it extra hard. And so I, I just like, I had to, I basically made Cindy go a lot, along with a lot of stuff that was just wrong. And I kept asking her to, um, to just bend, just bend who you are and be okay with this. Cause it's my family. And like, it wasn't okay. I knew it wasn't okay. And so, you know, getting all of that out was really important. And, and 
I think I'm a, I'm a better artist today than I was two days ago before I, I sent this. So once I was done with it, I also realized, you know, I think this is the kind of, it's an important piece of writing and it's the kind that needs to be shared. And so I shared it with the company, which is my family. Like that's my chosen family. You know, the difference between, you know, my mom and my dad and, you know, is they, they, they gave me life. Like I'll love them forever. I will support them. I will do whatever I can, but I'm also not going to bend to who I am. And I'm going to be honest. That's my family's word for this year. I can't say that it's my family's word for this year and then not honor that when we're, I have an opportunity to. And so I wanted to share it with the company. So I, I dropped it yesterday morning. And what's kind of amazing about this is that within a day, um, over, I was telling Johnny this this morning that over half of the company has, you know, privately reached out and said something about, you know, how meaningful it was and how, how your dad um, is a cunt. <laughs> no, it was more about their situation than my situation, which is exactly the point. Like, it's not about me. It's about like the, it, like, Johnny's actually, I think, in a fortunate place because I don't think his family was that toxic. Like, no, that actually, that was my reaction while reading it the whole time. Is so you 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 forged connections with a lot of the company who could relate, right? Who were like, yeah, oh, you yeah. know, thank you for showing me that I'm not alone, or giving me that, or just you know, just pat on the back or whatever. But um, for me, you made me appreciate my my parents because uh, <laughs> there hasn't been. There hasn't been this kind of drama with 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 mine at all. Like not even a little, not even a tenth of it. Like I've, it's been real solid. So that was so. Thank you for that. Oh yeah, my pleasure. However, it helps. So Johnny, I want to ask you because you're in a unique position that you know me really well. You've heard stories about my parents, you know, for years, mm-hmm. and you've actually met them now twice. Mm-hmm. So um, are my parents like stranger than fiction? Like if we wrote them as characters, they're almost like. Well, your dad doesn't, I think I mentioned this on the last episode, your dad doesn't come off, uh, like he doesn't come off unusual in any way to me because he's just like, number one, I mean, cause I, we had, I've met him more than twice. I've met each, each of them cause we had breakfast. Remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I've, I've spent a good amount of time. Oh, and you've got some alone time with my mom and me too. So you saw that dynamic a few times, Ooh. which is, which is, which is. <laughs> Calm a, down, a sight to behold, like watching them together in person or on the phone is really interesting. Um, and Sean handles everything with a plum. Like he, he's very, um, uh, he's laughing about it. Like he takes it in good spirit, but all I could think is, um, wow, it's, it's also kind of got to suck a little bit. Like it's kind of got to hurt a little bit that, that, because you, it, it is argumentative, even, even if you're laughing, right? Like there, there are problems yeah. that you're trying to solve with, with, yeah. with your mom being one way or the other or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, your dad didn't come off to me as, as anything other than just a guy that we were talking to and, but maybe that's kind of the point, right? Like he wasn't especially oh, it's totally open the point. or vulnerable. Like, he was very much down the center, like, um, and I think that's the point of the story, which actually you haven't really totally gotten to and zeroed in on, but that that's something. But yeah, your mom is weirder than life. Like definitely. <laughs> yeah, in, in, than a, life. in an endearing way, given that I don't have to live with it. Oh yeah. Okay. So my mom actually, my mom's super charming, right? And she'll pull people in. They'll be really, really charmed with her for like. Gee, I wonder who, uh, who took after her on that. <laughs> 
Oh, I get a lot from my mom. I do. Like on the Enneagram, we're both totally sevens, but like I'm, you know, if you look at sevens, they say, I was talking to Bonnie about this yesterday because of that Enneagram project, <laughs> right? But if you look at sevens, there are 12 the Enneagrams, up, right? Uh, nine. Okay. So I, okay. So, so I got it right. I said nine the other day. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. There's nine. So um, I'm a seven. And if you look at sevens, you know, like a, a high performing seven, um, they tend to be highly verbal. Um, they tend to be really happy. They tend to be good leaders, right? These are things that describe me. But on the other end of the spectrum, they're addicts, which my mom is addicted to food very much. Um, and, and they're hoarders, which we all like, we've heard that story. You know, they're, they're, they're more egocentric. Like things have I to did be like that them. Mr. Destiny made it into the, the piece that you wrote. <laughs> it had to. It's it's a it needed to be there. Um, so okay, I'm I'm not going to talk about what my dad's bullshit is. Actually, um, uh, you know the specificity of a secret. Although I I do plan on publishing this someday, um, but I, I really did write it to change my father. Like that's what I am hoping for. If I get an ideal outcome here, the the bare minimum that I needed to accomplish is already done. That's that I wrote it. I feel like I've excised it from myself. I'm not. I don't ruminate on it. Like I'm, I'm actually don't have any animosity or ill will. I mean, you guys have seen me in the last few days after writing this. Do I seem upset or angry or? Um, no, you seem very uplifted, but, but you, you're a little hard to read when you're down. Um, it's, I didn't realize how much you were affected until I realized it. And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's hurting. Um, because it, it you do hide it with with a, a sunniness and a It's like joviality. seeing a unicorn sad. You don't know what to do. Oh, seeing Sean sad is the worst. I've seen it a few times more intensely than than like that even. And it's just it's just like, yeah, it's like Dave said. It's like, why is that unicorn crying? Yeah, well, and, and that's it. It's like when I know, like I knew this was affecting me. I knew it was affecting me. And, and, I, and frankly, the company can't afford that. Like my enthusiasm is important to the company. So I have to get that shit under control. And so I, I needed to finish it. But if you listen to the last episode, you'll see how like the timing of this was not good. So I'm already at a highly emotional place. And now I'm going to go to the prison, spend a week there while this is my writing project <laughs> is finishing. This it up. was either not good or it was ideal. It's one of those. I actually two. think it was ideal. I actually think it was ideal. Yeah. And I realized that um, I had an awesome end to that prison story that I didn't even get to finish. But the. Are you my, doing now? <laughs> well, my, my emotions were very raw is the, is the point. And I think they needed to be. And what's funny is like, I was going to go over it again with, uh, you know, like, I'm going to read this again because it, w it was essentially a rough draft. And I was telling myself, I'm going to fix it, you know, go over it again, all of that. And then yesterday I ended up talking to my father and I realized I, I can't, it's already written and I feel uplifted from writing it. But until I actually pass it to him, I'm keeping it inside, you know, it's still there. And so sending it to him was way, way, way harder than writing it was. Writing it felt good. It was cathartic. Um, you know, my sister and I already have never been closer. Like, it's been really good for us, just this exercise. I went to L.A. last week for the prison thing, and Megan lives in Long Beach. So she picked me up at the airport, and we hung out all day. And I feel super, super close to her. 
Like I feel super close to Cindy after all this, cause we're finally able to put this old thing to bed. Um, and, and that's all really awesome, but I still have to get it to him. So Johnny, I think that you could do a better job setting all of this up as, as far as like, um, kind of the magic behind Yabadon 2 and that part of the story. All right, Actually, well, so do, do I get impunity to, to tell the details like I told to Dave? Like that, I can tell that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, you can. But let me set up one more thing. Okay. So I don't want to talk about what his actual secret is. The thing that matters to this part of the story and actually to the conclusion here is his communication. So he really is just like the worst communicator. And, and a great example is, you know, he, he'll be telling me about, um, you know, all the problems in like his household, for example. And I'll say, well, those really sound like communication problems. Have you talked to anybody about any of these things? And he'll say, that won't help. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> like you're already done there. So he was telling me something, you know, and I said, well, have you, have you talked to them about that ever? No. Okay. So in 17 years, you've had this issue and you've never said anything. No, it wouldn't help if I did. It wouldn't matter. You know, so he says this stuff, but then he also says, I'm an excellent communicator. So his his worldview is just really skewed. Well, it isn't and, just communication, though, is it? I, I don't think I'm overstepping to say this because based on what you've been saying, but the term that you used was emotionally lazy. And I think oh, that yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, way yeah. beyond just communication. Yeah, he is emotionally lazy. So this is actually funny because um, his, his, his third wife, um, I'm, my mom is the second. And so his third wife, um, before they, they got together, we, we had a conversation and she asked me, what should I, is there anything I should be aware of with your father? And like, no beat, like there wasn't even, I was like, oh, he's the most emotionally lazy man I've ever met. Like he's, he has no faculty. He will never confront an issue. He will always turn away from it and pretend it doesn't exist. Which Don't is you why think the fact that he's had two wives before is in itself something? <laughs> Just a thought. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, I don't. I don't get it. He's saying that that should have. Well, yeah. Is there anything you need to know? Well, yeah. He's had two wives before you. <laughs> yeah, but, but a, a, a lot of a lot of well, a lot. Well, look of at Ross. I mean, yeah. you know, the first one, not his <laughs> fault. The second, Vegas's fault, or no? Uh, a, a, a lot of a, a lot of people get married more than once. But okay, I'm okay. I'll, I'll turn this to Johnny in just a second. But I want to tell the sign story because. It's so good. It just tells you everything. Okay, you so to- Joaquin Phoenix is on a farm with Mel Gibson. <laughs> swing it, Mel. Swing it. Um, so uh, in our store, they had... Um, this is the flower shop when Sean was growing up. Yeah, so in our flower shop, we were in a place called the Marketplace, and it was an outdoor shopping center. It was and, called Guns and Posies. Yeah, that's uh, it the was- laziest name for a shopping center, by the way. The marketplace. How about that? <laughs> um, it, it worked back in the 80s. Um, and all of the stores w- had these like individual storefronts. And it was it was really cool when it was like it's it's a dump now. But in the late 70s, when it was built, it was really, really beautiful. And they had all these eucalyptus trees and these brick paths and a pond, which they've now drained. It's just it's ghetto now. But at the time, it was really, really nice. And it had already kind of shifted and all of the um, all of the the stores had uh, a sign out in front. They were just like these gold signs, and my dad thought they were super ugly. So he's like, "I'm not going to get a sign." So our landlords, Bixby Ranch Company, they would come down and they would say, "It's in your lease. You have to have a sign." And my dad would be like, "Okay, I'm going to get a sign." 
And then he wouldn't get a sign. When I started working there, like full, full time as a 17 year old, this was a regular thing. Every couple of months, he'd have to deal with the sign issue. <laughs> 12 years later, when I left, they were on their third set of owners, still trying to get my dad <laughs> to get a sign up there. All right. It was in our lease that we had to have a sign. And it was actively costing us a ton of money because people couldn't find our place. And like it was a it was a punchline. My sister and I and all the other employees would laugh because people would keep coming in. Took me forever to find you guys. Why would you need a sign to tell you what the store was? And so then any sense. When we're really, really having money problems and the store is tanking because Trader Joe's has moved in and they're selling stuff less than... But they got a sign. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You can see their sign a mile away. It's big. It's giant. It's red. And so uh, my dad is still refusing a sign. And he's like, we can't afford it. I'm like, we can't afford not to. So, like, he's just really stubborn. And his... Once he has a worldview on something, it's just the cognitive dissonance really, really sets in deep. All right. So, do you want me to tell this? So, this is yeah, more, yeah. this is more an anecdote, I think, than than or a punchline, uh, much it of a sign. Then just so this is this is the part where we we amuse you a little bit, um, and then I want to get back to the the core of this, which is healing through story and using as therapy and all that stuff. But. Um, we just thought this was really amusing because Sean is simultaneously like sharing this with um, the the company and with his sister and he's going back and forth. And, and um, so there's this, this thing that I, I love that I'm telling this story. I'm basically giving Sean a little bit of a talking break, I guess, um, because I've heard this a few times is that, is that he will send out um, a gif every, is it every single morning sends the gif? Uh, yeah, it's every morning between ten and eleven my time. Right, so it's, <laughs> it's precise enough that uh, that I even asked today if it was automated because it's definitely not automated. And we've all compared notes, and it's just so amazing. Because to send out, does he send you and Megan the same gift? Exactly the same. Okay, well, at least that because or not not at least that, but but that's it's double the work if he's got to find twice as many gifts. So he'll send out a, a gift and a good morning with two coffee cups on either side. Right, like it that's, seems to that's be this. About- Three months old, like that. That became new. <laughs> okay, seems to be the same text basically every time, and the gifts are like you know Woody from Toy Story waving, and it'll say good morning or something like that. And then, um, and 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 so it it just kind of strikes me like okay, well, so that's that's like what AI would do if it was trying to connect because it doesn't really understand human connection, but well, I they exchange these things and they're amusing. So, um, so the, the, the amusing, cause on its own, it's actually kind of, it's kind of sweet. Like it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of neat. But then when paired with, it was really sweet for like the first couple of years, but, or not even like a couple of no, years. Okay. It's been a joke. I bet he spends like five hours searching for the perfect gift and you're an unappreciative bastard. <laughs> I'm sure you're right. So the, um, the, the, the amusing part here, and when I say amusing, I mean like emotionally crippling probably to the family, but, <laughs> but funny to me is um, <laughs> like there was some story that Sean told me about, about Megan confronting him about something, maybe more than once. And then, um, and then waiting to see, and then if he like, what his reply would be via text. And then he wouldn't reply, but then in the next morning, the gift would show up. And that's, <laughs> that's like an unspoken rule of, of electronic <laughs> communication is if you're freezing somebody out, you you're, you're you have an embargo too. You can't be like, hold on a second, I'm pissed at you, and then and then be like, hold, but, but wait, I need to know what we're having for dinner tonight. Like you can't do that. Good it's an morning. embargo. You answer everything at once, and so 
Um, so that's a thing. And then Sean shared some screenshots of like things where he would share what's going on in his mastermind groups. If something really interesting, it'd be this long, you know, half of an iPhone screen text from Sean to his dad. And then there'd be nothing. And then the next morning, like, you know, 12 hours later by the timestamp, you just get the gift and good morning. And so, um, my, my sister, and I, I'm not even kidding because these happen all the time and we always screenshot them and share them with each other. And so now I'm almost like obnoxiously long about what I'll send to him because it makes the the next morning not much funnier. And Megan and I are thinking about putting out a coffee table book. <laughs> <laughs> it's like shit my dad says. Yeah, because they're really, really funny. And I the like more that. personal that we get, <laughs> you know, like the more we're trying to share with our father. And yet, you know, we just get the good morning the next day. It's pretty awesome. My dog died. Good morning. Good, good morning. No, it's, it's that, that is not a bad example. Like if something happened to Fisher and I mean, maybe not, but, but I mean, Johnny saw based on what I've seen. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> my, what would occur. My family was swept away in a tornado. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. So uh, that would, you get the summer over the rainbow on that time. So the, um, anyway, so, so, uh, so Sean sends this thing last night. Um, and, uh, and, or afternoon or something. And then, um, the, the, the reply, no, not the reply text. Like you had, you emailed it to him and then he sent a text like proactively, I believe that said, uh, Sean, I already, Sean, I finished reading it. Is that what it said? Yeah. Sean, I finished reading it. Sean, I finished reading it. Period. No period. No, no, no no period. 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 And, and my, my favorite, my, my favorite response to that was Dan had two gems. Well, no, no, hold on, hold on. Get the fuck out of your own story. This is mine to tell. So (laughs) the, um, so we're, uh, so anyway, so that this occurs and, and the whole company is now on the, um, like on pins and needles because, okay, what's, (laughs) what's going to happen? Like Sean's going to send it to his dad. And so Sean's reply, which, I, I, I had to look at the timestamps, but you, you sent your reply at like four in the morning because you were yeah. awake. And, yeah. um, and so, and, and the reply was, and do you, do you want to discuss it? Is there any, like he just said, he just acknowledged it. It's like that Mitch Hedberg joke where he says, the guy says, I saw you on TV last night, but he doesn't say whether he was good or not. It's <laughs> like, well, I saw you at the airport yesterday. Um, you just acknowledged I was there. So, um, so, so Sean's trying to like poke him a little bit more. And then, and then we're all like, so what, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And Sean goes, well, the telling thing is going to be whether I get my gift or not. <laughs> and so then I have to tell the story that I just told you guys. And, and, um, we're waiting to <laughs> ran across it and we're waiting to see it's like, but it's, he sent it at four in the morning and, and his dad's in California. So by the time people are asking, everybody's up and awake at like eight, eight central time. And this is like, I mean, this completely dominated my morning in the most hilarious way. Like it wasn't like the things that like, Oh, I wish that hadn't swallowed my morning. This was kind of awesome. I went on a scavenger hunt through our texts to get some good screenshots for the family. <laughs> right. So, so we're like, we're like, it's like 8am and everybody's up and moving um, for most of us. And, but, but the, Californian out there, you know, he's, he's maybe not up and moving yet. So we're just waiting. Like it was like waiting for Y2K to flip over. Like, is he going to get the, the, um, the gift? Because if he doesn't get the gift, then okay, he's really in some serious shit. Like he's crossed the gift line. And, um, and so Sean sends after the, the text where Sean said, Sean's text is this. And do you have thoughts? Would you like to talk? Do you need to decompress? And then 1050 AM, there's a gif of Fred Flintstone dancing and it says, yabba dabba do happy Friday to you. <laughs> Good morning. Two coffee cups on either side. 
<laughs> and so the whole company is like, what the fuck? It's the, it's the most wonderful punchline. I'm like, so you disappointed by that? And he's like, I well, could not have written that shit. Right. There's no, no it's way. like this perfect punchline. And so it goes back and forth and Dan's, uh, the, the <laughs> pinnacle was when Dan says, um, he says, I wonder if you have to progress to the point of laughing in order to protect your mental health because you can't change what you don't have power over. Also, I'm afraid I'm going to have to use yabba dabba do as my new catchphrase for disconnection. <laughs> and so immediately it became uh, like, I, and I, I said, hey, just so you know, Sean, this is now a thing between you and Megan. You're going to say yabba dabba do. And, um, and then uh, he sent that, but not my thing about this is a thing between you and Megan up to Dan's thing. And Megan's like, yabba dabba do. So it already <laughs> has become a thing that you just, you just say. It's like, well, what are you going to do? Our, our Slack now has two different yabba dabba do emojis <laughs> because that was needed. So I, I really thank Sean's dad for bringing us this gift. But let's, let's circle back to the, to the point of all of this because this isn't like a story like, hey, let's just talk about Sean's dad or something. The point is, what was, why did you write it? What was the process like? Did you get the, I mean, I know the answers to these things, but these are, these are sort of the value, right, the healing value story. Right, but that's what should be digging out of me. Exactly. <laughs> so one of the, one of the reasons that I had to write this was because I was talking to my dad um, on that Saturday. And um, I used the word broken because I really think that this is actually not, a, I, I understand where my dad comes from. I really, really do. I understand him as a human. And I'm not even upset with him. What I'm upset with is 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 what I'm upset with, and why we're talking about this right now is that I would get the the Fred Flintstone gift. Like that's, and I'm not like I'm saying I'm upset, but I'm not. I'm Should saying never there, be upset getting that gift. Anytime I get yeah, the gift, I'm gonna be really fucking happy. No, it's it's amazing, but the problem is evident there, right? It's the it's that I cannot communicate with him. It's that he's not understanding, like. Um, the other line that da- that Dan had that I just loved was, "Oh, it was like your dad was retelling the story, but in five words, <laughs> right?" Which is <laughs> kind of amazing because, yes, if I was going to retell the whole thing, my dad can't communicate, and it's um, Sean. I finished reading it. That's just an amazing. But interestingly, maybe that is. I mean, you obviously know your dad a hell of a lot better than I do, but maybe that's. Um, Maybe that's a baby step, right? Like the fact that he even replied instead of just waiting for the GIF is like acknowledged. Whether he does anything with it, at least I took it in. Yes. And I will say that I did talk to him before I just sent it, which was that was hard. Like the coward in me just wanted to send it. Like, here's a bomb, deal with it. But I I called him instead and I told him it was coming and I told him some of the things that would be in it and I told him what to expect. And that was a hard conversation, but I felt so good once it was over. And I, I think that's the point here. I think a lot of times we're too afraid to tell our truth. And, you know, like I had to get all the truth. Like, and there was a couple of things like I wasn't proud of that I wrote, but I, I, I tried to own yeah, it. You, you know? Guys, Sean was super vulnerable in this. Um, there was like the thing that you, you were like, I haven't told anybody this. I haven't told like Cindy knew and that was it. Yeah, but there was even there was even a couple things in there that Cindy never knew. And, you know, the first time she she knows now, (laughs) but as of four days ago, she didn't like there's stuff that I just had to keep inside because it was the only way to keep things from falling apart. And like I realized that that is that is who um, 
that is the role that my parents have cast me into is the peacemaker. And I mean, Johnny and Dave have both seen me, know me well enough to know that I'm, I'm good at that role. Like I am the peacemaker by fire. Yeah. That, that, that falls to you by default and it's because you're good at it. And I know that you also don't like it. No, 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 I don't. And I have a more of an, I, but, but you know what the good thing is, Johnny, is I think I can like it now because I understand that, you know, even if it was born by fire, like that is my superpower. And now I don't think it'll trigger me in the same way. You know what I mean? Right. Like before it was something that sent me to a bad place, but now it's not a bad place. It's just a place I understand where I came from. But yeah, that was always the case. I had to be, I had to be the peacemaker. And so I had to, you know, minimize what, what, you know, my parents were doing so I could get along with, with Megan. And I had to, you know, minimize what they were doing so that, you know, Cindy and I didn't have conflict. And um, it, it, it was just ugly and it's unnecessary. And when we're not true to ourselves, we're not, I don't think we're tapping into the source. And I think that the more clutter you can clear away from your mind, the better your art is going to be. And I, I, I think there's very, I think there's a lot of really great things that have happened since I made the decision to write this, but it wasn't really an easy decision. And then I had to stick with it. So I think that's worth addressing too, because I could see a lot of people getting agitated enough to, um, to start on a project like this, but okay, then it's spiraling out of control. It's getting too long. I'm going to bail on it. I've got too much work. I'm going to bail on it. I've got to go to the prison thing. I'm going to bail on it. Okay. Um, now it's done. Um, you know, what do I do with it? Okay. I, I feel better. I'm going to put it on the hard drive. Cause I totally could have made that argument. I wrote it for me. I wrote it for Cindy. I wrote it for Megan. I feel fine. Whatever. Right. Like I, I could have put it away then, but it's better to just do it. And you know, like that, if it, if it, there's two things that just matter so much to me, it's the temporary discomfort for a permanent improvement. And this is definitely one of those. And even if I don't have a relationship with my father, which I don't believe is true at all, I don't think he wants to lose a relationship with me at all. I think it matters very, very, very much what I think of him, which is why a lot of this has happened because he was trying so hard to protect his image to me. But I'm like, dude, I fucking know everything you're doing. Your image is not protected. So it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of false beliefs. But tackling those and making sure that, you know, I took the ball all the way is, is, is important. In fact, as we're talking, I just got yet another um, communication in the company Slack that's, you know. Oh, I was hoping that it was another. No, yeah. I, 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 that's the only reason I actually have Windows open is because I'm waiting for, <laughs> yeah, for, waiting for updates. So actually, yeah. I'd like to, um, I'd like to pivot a little bit on this is um, I, I'm, I'm curious because, I mean, if we talk about writing as like therapy or working out your demons, then I would say that amongst the three of us, as far as fiction is concerned, I would say that the master of darkness down there is clearly exercising some demons. I'm curious how much it feels like you're working out your shit when you're writing or does that enter your head at all? Uh, Oh, yeah. Working out fears, basically, or things that, you know, I've seen happen in my life or friends lives or stuff like that. Um, yeah. Writing for me is very cathartic and that's why I write like dark shit. Um, have you ever thought about writing more directly? Like, I mean, there's that book that we talked about you writing the nonfiction book that 
for maybe next year. Do you think something like that would put you? Okay, so I love let me this frame idea, this. by the way. I oh, I do too. It's one of my favorites, and I think that if um, Dave really leans into that kind of stuff, because I think that you don't understand yourself as much as you deserve to at this point. And so one of the things that Dave and I are like, I think Dave is a lot more psychologically healthy than he has been for sure. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just adding. No, no, absolutely. But can you imagine if Dave started doing some of the personal, like reflective writing, like worst show ever wouldn't have a chance. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's true. But like, there are things that he could write that are like, it brings stuff up to the surface. So there was so many things that I didn't even realize that I had like put on a shelf until I started to write this. That's just why it's so long. It all came out, but it needed to, because now it's not, it's not in me. I realized, like, I knew this was the one thing I was holding on to, but I didn't realize how good I would feel afterwards. It was and, cleaning out the closet. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. And, and Dave, I, I know you would have seen this, but Johnny, it's at the end. So you probably haven't seen this, but you know, actually. Um, so there's a pen name that we're developing and, um, you know, it's the, the first book is coming out this summer and we'll have a book every month, you know, for ever, um, as long as it works, you know, coming out with this, uh, w- with this author. And I wrote six of these books last year and it was, it was, yeah, it was a little bit like, um, uh, when Stephen King wrote shining and he's like, I didn't know that it was about a writer alcoholic <laughs> that I was tapping into myself. So the common denominator in all these stories is that somebody in a family has a secret and holding onto that secret is ripping their family apart. Didn't I, I didn't get to the, that part in, in your piece, but didn't I actually make that observation? Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's fascinating, right? Like I'm clearly telling the same story over and over because I haven't dealt with it. And something that you Dave have and a I fetish have been, about secrets because we have a few of those books. Yes, of course. I think secrets, I think the wrong secrets are really, really destructive. Like I know they tear families apart because they change the, the care, they change the DNA of all the relationships. And so secrets, secrets are a fetish of mine creatively, creatively, but they're also like the way I want to live my life is just truth first. Like that's, it's really important to me. And that's why like right now, Ethan and Haley are at that, that age where I know they could easily start telling themselves different stories, which is why honesty is our word as a family this year. So we can all stay on the same page and make sure we're being honest with ourselves. Um, well, I have something that I'm curious about, but it's a, it's a, it's a derailment from what you're saying. If you have something, oh, it, you it, no, it doesn't matter. It okay, doesn't matter so th- at all. This is purely like, this isn't, I guess this is a discussion point because I actually, I have no idea the answer or anything. It just occurred to me and it's kind of curious is um, we, we, Sean and I have referred to what we do as inquisitive fiction, right? So the idea and the way that we always explain that is, well, we, we write to explain things to ourselves. So that is it's investigation, but then it's solution um, to some degree. It's solution, it's, it's extrapolation, it's something. But then there's another writing style that's more what Dave does where it's, 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 it's dwelling, it's dawdling, it's steeping. And I don't think that one is better than the other or anything, but I am curious why, Dave, you choose to go in and really, really delve and it's almost a worst case scenario, whereas I think my tendency is to go in and, and explain it or figure out how that person would get out of that situation or something like that. I, ever since... When I was a kid, um, when I first heard about slavery, actually, it was the first time I realized that 
how cruel humans can be to one another. And then read about the Holocaust and then any number of horrible things after that. And I've, whenever I've read stuff like that, I've always like read very deeply in trying to comprehend what brings people to such a dark place. And I think in my writing, that's what I try to do to try to comprehend uh, the monsters out there and the monsters, the monsters among, you know, us, the people that that do horrible shit and you try to understand that and you try to recover from that. So you and, are asking questions and inquiring. It's just in a different place. Yeah, I'm yeah, and maybe that's partly because I don't know the answer, or maybe, you know, there there is no way to know why we do what we do other than the fact that we're horrible fucking monsters and you've got to count on somebody doing the right thing in order to save people. Well, so, okay, so that's interesting because I think um, I think that that's one of those places where I want to see you go deeper and approach the same themes from a different angle. So um, th- this this actually just t- ties right back into, into what we were saying. So So Dave and I have been working like from the ground up, basically, like, okay, how do we structure an outline? Because we're really trying to build a, a sustainable uh, <clears throat> method, really. And what what I'm finding in Dave's outlines is that after writing with him for 10 years, we need to grow more. And what we need to grow, not necessarily thematically, but the way we express those themes. And I think that the way we're going to get there is, is two-pronged. It's on the outline level for sure. <clears throat> you know, just like w- what works, what doesn't, what what are the new introductions. And, and we're actually working on three different outlines so we can hit it from different angles right now. So I think that'll all come along. But I think the other side of it is doing more self-exploration and, and digging deeper because I think that that's what gives you so much perspective as a storyteller is if you have more experience. And because Dave isn't going to travel that much i just don't see that happening right um but you can travel more with internally like figure out why it it, because you you do have the same themes repeating over and over and over and over but if you got to the why of that if you really wrote like a twenty thousand word piece that was really just for yourself right it really is writing as therapy you would walk away with a slightly different understanding of who you are as a storyteller and it would immediately show up in the next thing you write yeah, that's actually interesting to me because um, this is the you know how Sean always talks about Dave while he's right in, in front of us. So um, <laughs> this this would be my my opportunity. But I I, I I to Sean I paid you a what I what I feel is a compliment um, earlier this week, and it was kind of revelatory. Is that um, uh, I think that you you have recently switched from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. Oh. Yes. Yes. And and that's that's an amazing thing. So for anybody who um, doesn't know this, what what's the book? What's the book called? The fixed mindset growth mindset book. It's just called mindset. Okay, it's called mindset. And the idea is that a fixed mindset and, and Sean's dad to bring this around. It, it based on everything I'm hearing sounds very fixed mindset. People can't change. I can't change. Things are how they are. Um, you know, if somebody feels that they're unintelligent or sloppy or emotionally disingenuous that they, they can't change that. Like why bother working on it if you can't change it? And Dave, when I first met you, there was a, there was a lot of that. And recently it's just like, 
there's this uh, this willingness and, and interest in growth. And I wonder if that'll affect your writing in any way. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't have a longer answer for that other than yes. <laughs> like I, I, well, I, I think like I'm a lot less, like I see more people that do change now. Whereas before I saw only the worst of people. And now I see people that do positive things and actually do help people. So I, I think a lot of it is, you know, my surroundings and a lot of it is, you know, isolation from, you know, when, when I was a kid and just in bad situations, I isolated myself and it was very easy to see the absolute worst possible scenario in any situation. And I had friends, uh, you know, that have died, that suffered abuse. Um, and all of those things have like, painted the world in a very different way for me. And now, you know, in large part, thanks to Sean and, you know, people I've met through, you know, everything that we do, I see a different side of uh, humanity, which does make me a little more hopeful. That's not to say there aren't fucking monsters still out. Oh, of course there's monsters. <laughs> but, um, well, I mean, actually, Sean's prison story, to harken back to the last episode, I think is a, an actual, I realize we're yeah, going we, off the rails here. But that's a story. When he told me that, I was very touched by it. And I was like, you know, I would, if I was in California, I would visit that guy. Like, that just... That, that so the funny thing is that, for those of you who don't know Dave as well, I have no problem believing that is a very... Like, he would do it. He would literally do it. Oh, yeah. That's not even just like, I'm saying it, you know. Oh, okay. This is this is interesting. So remember the, the prison story... But I'm not story. going to fucking California. <laughs> right, he'll go to prison... But not Dude, there, there are a lot of prisons in Florida. <laughs> well, I'm not visiting Florida prisoners. Those are the worst of the worst. Uh, all right. So I, I do think Florida man, you shouldn't on. you shouldn't go now. Because you're you're right. So so Dave, your um your your comment that you put on the it, it was like the opening comment. I think you put it in Slack and the first comment on that outline, which is why I was able to read it to Johnny without opening the outline. But we were together on Monday. And that was your deadline, which you met, right? So, um, and 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 honestly, everyone should know. Like full disclosure, I was a little pissed at Dave going into Monday because his last book took a billion years, and he had a computer meltdown and just on and on and on. He's like, "It'll be Sunday," and then it was two weeks later, and I gave him three outlines, and I just, I love you, man. I did not expect them to be on my desk, <laughs> but they all were. They all were, and they're all like, they're all what they need to be for exactly where they are. I was very, very happy. But his first comment on this, actually, Dave, do you mind if I read it? I don't Just, care. Okay, so I'm going to read this because I think it is actually worth it because this is what I read to to Johnny and then we started talking about this and it very much was, yeah, like Dave is in a growth mindset place. I mean, I don't right remember now. what I wrote, but yeah, okay, you can read it. Uh, yeah, hold on. Hopefully I won't mind. Um. It said, uh, well, I remember it. It was, I'm masturbating furiously right now. Yes. To, yeah, okay. Oh, that's right. That's Sean's right. That's <laughs> right. Do you okay. remember the definition of Sean's mom, by the way? I've been laughing about it ever since. Like you said, there was like there's an urban dictionary definition oh. <laughs> of, of Sean's mom. Do you remember that? <laughs> it was like, it was like similar to Stacy's mom from the song, except the exception is that Sean's mom definitely does not have it going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, 
<clears throat> so after reading your notes on the original redacted outline, I cannot continue that story now. I hate all the weaknesses in it. So all uh, the I'm sorry. I need to pause there because I didn't realize something that is going to be important. We're not, he's not talking about the redacted outline. He's redacting the name of the outline because well, there was I a just, redacted with Dave, which Dave famously hated. And I thought no, that's no, no. what you were talking about. No, no, no. It's, um, I, I don't want to say the name of the title because right. it's really good. I, yeah. I just want, I just want to clarify that you are not yeah. talking about redacted, which Dave would never work on ever. No, no, I'm not. So after reading your notes on the original redacted outline, I cannot continue that story now. I hate all the weaknesses in it, all the returning to familiar grounds that I do and just cannot see anything coming from that story right now. So I want to do something different with the title. And then he explains what that different thing is that I won't go into. I'm going to approach this one differently. Give you an idea of the characters, where the story goes, and having you give me sentences to flesh it out. Basically, after reading all the notes, I'm insecure in my faith to know the mechanisms that make story work. So we can beat this out together with you providing a template I can flesh out. I'll send what I have in a little bit. Now, what's amazing about this is that same paragraph could have been from me to him at some other point. Um, you know, I'll give you sentences to flesh out. You give an idea of care. Like this could have been my idea and Dave would have been like, okay. And then he would have done the opposite because <laughs> that's our pattern. But he's very much, but, but it's not because Dave doesn't want to do the right thing or he doesn't even want to please me because I think he really genuinely wants both of those things. I think it comes from as soon as he gets in his own head, their insecurity starts creeping all through him. So as good as we felt on the phone and I was positive we were on the same page and the excitement was there, he gets in his own head and he's off the rails. But that comes More from a scenes. <laughs> <laughs> it, com it comes from a place where he doesn't quite believe that he can do it or that this is something he can learn. And so it shuts him off. And I've seen that in his language. But Johnny pointed that out immediately. Wow, that's a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. And it's true. Most of Dave's communication these days has flipped. It's it used to it used to be probably 90, 10. And now he's I'd wearing say it's collared shirts. What work <laughs> show ever isn't any good anymore. It's crazy. I'm sorry for the fans of worst show ever. <laughs> uh, that's okay, because we're doing the last episode. All right. So we 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 should wrap up, but uh, but I do have um I do have a, a story here that, that actually fit more into last episode. But I think fits into this too because it really is about. It's going to be writing. a mind fuck if these are aired out of order. <laughs> Why do I do? <laughs> it's um, it's it's uh, it's how my day, my prison day ended. So it's that story, and um, and it's important here because for two reasons: what we're talking about with Dave and the difference between growth and fixed mindset, and writing as therapy. And I think that writing as therapy gets you into a growth mindset because I, I think it's really hard to be in a growth mindset if you don't clear the cl clutter. And that's why I had this whole thing with my dad is because we were talking about therapy and he's like bah about therapy. Like he doesn't, he thinks it's a, it's for hucksters, <laughs> you know, like it's not a real thing. And what's amazing is that a good therapist will ask you things like, okay, assume everything you know is wrong. Assume you're wrong about these things because you have to challenge your assumptions. And Dave is very willing to challenge his assumptions now in a way that he wasn't before. And I think that the more that I write as therapy, the more I'm willing to do that, the more I'm willing to figure myself out. And so I was already in this really vulnerable space, writing about the prison experience, writing about this thing with my dad, going to the prison and all of this. So that's all the setting with 
this story. So we're coming back from um, from from the prison again. Very very long trip. Um, we get to the hotel and it's late. I have two choices. I can go out to dinner, um, and going out to dinner is what I really want to do. I mean, I'm with a really amazing group of people. Um, it's not a big group because most people are just kind of emotionally trashed and want to go to bed. But you do need to eat and. I mean, I woke up at four and all I had to eat was prison food um, and prison coffee. So I'm, I am hungry, but I also don't have like a huge appetite and I, and I don't have any steps. I haven't dictated. I haven't walked. And these are my, and I haven't written and these are my streaks. So I can kill all three of them with one stone if I'm willing to walk for an hour and a half or so. Or I could just say, Whatever, I, I, I'm not going to do it. And I tell myself, sorry, do you get credit if you dictate? Do you get credit for the writing too? Is yes, that a double. <laughs> yes, well, you have to dictate I, for longer. Yeah, I, right, right. It, and and I did because I, I did it the whole time I was walking, so it worked out. But I knew I could get all three of those at once, and but I almost didn't. And the reason is because, like, oh, I I went to prison today. I gave of myself. I can, you know, it's, if there's any get out of jail free card, it's now. And so I wasn't, I wasn't going. Um, and then I just thought, you know, like I'm lucky I get to go walk. And, you know, again, like, why do I do these streaks? Because they're promises to myself that I don't want to break and I can prove it over and over and over. And so I went and I bought a burrito and I walked and then I dictated and all of that. And you I, were I, able yeah. to walk after eating a burrito, you didn't have like immediate diarrhea. Dude, I think I'm a little cleaner inside than you. <laughs> Dave just considers a, a burrito like a like a drop shoot, like a dumbwaiter <laughs> with a broken cord. It just falls down. <laughs> Holy There's boy. that burrito again with his foil still on well, it. No, Maybe I go to the bathroom the same Bell. time every day regardless of what I eat. Like, Dave, let, well, let's explore this. Dave, you can write the scene. <laughs> Uh, I'm putting a burrito disaster in our next book. Um, can the title uh, of the book be burrito disaster? I was just going to say, why not? We can get a cover. Um, okay. So, uh, so I, I'm about to go home. It's very, very late. And this is the longest day ever. And I've just walked for an hour and a half probably. So uh, I'm a block away from my hotel, but I'm still in kind of like a residential um, shadowy area. Um, and I see two guys, 20-something, up to my right. And um, I described them in the piece that I wrote as one guy looked like Aaron Paul and the other guy looked like Childish Gambino. And they're just kind of like both there. And um, they're clearly trying to intimidate me. And, um, you know, Gambino's like rapping. And he's obviously smart. He's making it up as he goes along. And I don't even remember what it was, but I do remember thinking, word. Um but I all of a sudden don't want to walk Word to past your mother. Them. <laughs> Word to your mother. I don't want to walk past them because then my, my back is to them and I just like, there's no one around. I just felt exposed. So instead I turned directly into them and I had like, I had a very long conversation with them for a full hour and a half. And if I had, yeah, right. And if I had it, Sean, but like, I felt like that was, I was guided towards that moment in a way. Like it was weird. Um, once I started talking to them, like I had, I needed an icebreaker and I said, you wouldn't believe the day I've had today. Like I immediately wanted to be human with them. So I was in prison, bitch. What were and you? I did. I said, <laughs> I, I, you know, and, but it turned out one of these guys had been in and out. Like he'd been a Kern. Wait, you um, randomly just talked to strangers. 
not just strangers, intimidating strangers that he thought were threatening him. Oh, I would have my hand on my gun. <laughs> oh, oh something just happened. We have a late breaking news. <laughs> What's going uh, on? I don't know. I got a text from my dad, <laughs> and oh, it's no. a link to a um a song. I'll bet I it's the worst song ever. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm dying to hear this. Yeah, now we got now we got to wrap this up. All right. So so anyway, when I was when I was uh, talking to them, like these guys are, um, similar. Like the one of the guys dropped out of high school. Um, one of the guys has been in and out of the system since he was 13. He's been out for three years. Um, both are entrepreneurs in you know <laughs> the um, the right side of the aisle sense. Um, but you know, we, we, we talked and I feel like I made a very big difference in both of their lives. And they expressed that before I went back to the hotel. How many drugs and, did you buy from them? Um, none, none. We, we, did, we did not. It's California. Um, it, he was already stocked. It, yeah, it is California. And I'm not going to say that we didn't share a joint. Drug, but, drug dealers still hang out in the corners. They just shrug at you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, there's not a big, huge market for that particular thing in that particular area. Cause there's dispensaries everywhere. Um, but they offered, we had fun. It was awesome. Um, and yeah, like we had, we had a, a, a conversation and I feel like, uh, writing as therapy changes who you are. It changes how you see the world. Um, it does foster a growth mindset because you're you're seeing yourself working things out, and you're seeing that you're becoming a better human and a better thinker. It's and softer it just, and weaker, you're going to end up in someone's trunk in a sex dungeon. That's <laughs> that's the Dave, Dave we love. There we go. So yeah, <laughs> we, we can we can wrap up, but yeah, that's that's writing us therapy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so um, I'll conclude by reminding you guys that we are going to go back to live shows when we have one show to rule, one show to rule them all. I'm really looking forward to the return of the live show. That was always fun, and it became cumbersome when um, when there's just a bunch of other shit going on that we really don't we aren't in that business anymore. So I like the idea. I really like the idea of interacting with people. So that'll be um, Friday, April 26th is when we're looking to do. The first, uh, actually, I don't know how these air. You might already be to the 26th. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, and it'll be at Sterling and Stone, sterlingandstone.net slash SSP for Story Studio Podcast. And 2 p.m. Central on Fridays. Most Fridays. We'll skip some, I'm sure, because we're assholes. But that's the intention. So there you go. And I guess uh, thanks for listening. That was that was fun. Uh Please interact with us. Let, send us emails at help at sterlingandstone.net or, or interact with the chat because I think that as this show kind of moves into the post-Smarter Artist era, we want to kind of find our feet again. And these last two shows that we recorded, the um, the prison story episode and this one, Writing as Therapy, felt felt good to me. Like they felt very much like this is what I want the show to be. Um, and the guest that we have lined up for the 26 is super cool. Uh, and I think that'll be what the show should be. But let's hear from you guys too, so. That's it. Anything to add? Um, yeah, to Slack. <laughs> You'll see it in a moment. All right, super. So on that note, we'll say goodbye to all of you guys. Thank you very much for joining us. See you next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening Bye. to our shenanigans.